Good morning. Welcome to Real Time with IPELRA, a podcast dedicated to HR topics in local government. I'm Megan Falera. And I'm Christina White. Thanks for joining us. I am so excited to be here, Christina. Can you believe we are on season three? Is this something out of this world or what? It is. It's a little crazy. I can't believe we're on our third season of this. I know. I know. And honestly, we could not have a better guest to kick off season three. With us today is Amy Moore Gaylord to talk to us about workplace bullying. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of our episode, I wanted to let our listeners know that we are going to be in person this year for our training conference. I know. Woohoo. We are resetting, rejuvenating, and getting back to basics. We're going to be out at Galena at Eagle Ridge again this year, October 24th through the 27th. Um, if you haven't already signed up, you're going to want to do this. We're doing things a little bit differently this year. As always, we have great content, a little less structured, a few more things. We've got wine tasting and nature hikes. We've got a s'mores bar. But as always, the training and everything that you've counted on uh, with Ipelra before. So I'll go ahead and jump right into it. With over 23 years of experience, Amy Moore Gaylord focuses her practice on traditional labor matters and employment litigation for both public and private sector employers with an emphasis on National Labor Relations Board proceedings, union, or, union organizing drives, conducted election, arbitration cases, contract negotiations, and employment discrimination matters. And folks, you heard it here first. This is her second podcast this week. So this woman is in demand. Amy, how are you today? Well, thank you, Megan, and thank you, Christina, for having me, um, and thank you to Ipelra. I am great, and I'm so happy to be here. I am extremely excited both to be talking to both of you, but also to be addressing this topic. It's a topic that's near and dear to my heart that I talk a lot with employers and my clients about, um, and so I'm just really great, great, grateful to be here, and it's, you know what? It's a beautiful day outside today, too. Absolutely. And I know we've been wanting to have you on the show for a while because this is such an important topic. I, I know I've heard you present on this uh, in the past, and, and I know this issue has changed shape as uh, the workforce has changed shape. And we mentioned a little bit about that offline, and I think we're going to get into that today. But why don't you start us off, and, and why don't you tell us, what do you consider is workplace bullying? Well, that's a great question, Megan. Um, you know, there's really no specific legal definition for workplace bullying, right? There's no um, kind of, we, we all understand what the definition of harassment is, but there's no specific legal definition, so to speak, for workplace bullying. So I like to look at the definition. Um, there's a, a place called the Workplace Bullying Institute, which is where I go for frequently um, to read their reports, their studies, and, and kind of you know, keep current on this issue. And so they, they define it as repeated mistreatment, abusive conduct that is threatening, intimidating, or humiliating, work sabotage, or verbal abuse. And I think that pretty well sums it up. And I do want to point out, um, you know, and I, I address this often in my, when I do trainings or presentations on this, that, you know, we have in our head this idea of the workplace bullying, some great big person, you know, yelling at the little person and are screaming at them, calling them names and things like that. But workplace bullying can really take a wide variety of forms. It can be very subtle. Um, it can be, you know, I mentioned workplace sabotage, you know, making people unable to do their job. Um, and we can talk a little bit more about examples, but I do want to say, you know, it's not just the 
great big screaming goalie that we, what we think of in our heads, it's also kind of these um, very subtle, pervasive behaviors that change the workplace that make it um, mentally abusive to the victim of the, the bullying. So I recall years ago attending a, a training session that was titled, it's not illegal for your boss to be a jerk. How would you respond to a comment like that? Well, it, you know, it's funny. Back in the day when I first started practicing, we used to always use that as kind of a, def and I, I don't mean to make light of this because I don't make light of harassment. I don't make light of bullying at all. But I do want to say that we used to use this equal opportunity jerk defense, right? If we got a claim of harassment, um, I would say, no, this person didn't, you know, uh, focus on or, or single out, you know, women or uh, people of color or anything like that. What they did was they were just an equal opportunity jerk. Um, and that's not really acceptable anymore. Um, you know, it's not okay to be a jerk in the workplace. So, um, yeah. Okay. So it's not okay, but is it illegal? No. I'm sorry. Yes. I, I think I got to the end of the, the response and <laughs> forgot the beginning of the question. Um, no, it's not illegal to be a bully in the workplace. You know, there is no, I think there's been some legislation in various different states on workplace bullying, but I don't think any of it has actually passed. And I know in Illinois, there's no specific statute or, you know, law that prevents workplace bullying or addresses it spot on. But interestingly, um, there has been a recent study where people were uh, polled on whether they would support some type of new law um, or guidelines that protect workers from this type of conduct, from this you know harmful, abusive mistreatment. And overwhelmingly, I think it was about 90% of the folks who weighed in on this issue supported some type of legislation making workplace bullying illegal. Yeah, I would say if you were to ask me uh, what's on the frontier of, of human resource issues right now uh, in terms of what may be the next item to be legislated, I would probably say workplace bullying. Um, Christina, oh, let's get you involved in this conversation. How common do you think workplace bullying is? And then Amy can maybe let us know if, if we're on spot or, or if we're on track or not. Well, that's a that's a good question. I, uh, you know, honestly, I'm not sure I know how common it is. Um, I, I was trying as you as Amy was describing um, the the jerk boss. I was kind of looking back at my own career um, and thinking back to some of the not only supervisors but also coworkers I've had um, that certainly fell into that category of just not being a very pleasant person to work with. So I'm going to say it's probably fairly common. Um, but I'd love to hear what Amy has to say on the topic since she's our expert on this. Sure. So, you know, again, I keep up, kind of up to date on the studies and the various different polls that are done on this. And it's fairly consistent over the years that about a third of the employees um, responding to any given poll or survey, about a third say that they have, they are currently or have experienced bullying in the workplace, the type of conduct that I talked about, repeated mistreatment, abusive threatening, intimidating, humiliating, about a third of the folks responding to these surveys and polls uh, report that, which I think is, an, to me, that is just, you know, that is overwhelming. You know, nearly a third of the folks who, who work in America feel bullied in the workplace. And then interestingly, um, over and above what the people who respond saying that they have been bullied in the past or that they are currently being bullied at work, uh, nearly another 20% say that they have witnessed it. So now we're talking about a, about half to 60% of the workforce had either experienced it 
or witnessed it. And I think that's a really important point because, you know, we'll be talking a little bit later about the effects of bullying, but it can't be overstated that it doesn't just affect the victim. It affects the people around them because it really changes the work culture. It changes morale. It's, it changes efficiency, all these different things. Because if you see your coworker being bullied, you can't help but be affected as well. So it's, you yeah. know, again, yeah, I'm sorry. I, not, Again, over a third, of, about a third of people have reported being bullied, about 20% say they've witnessed it. So we're really talking about a huge, huge percent of the workforce that this affects. So Amy, and how, I, how does one distinguish between bullying in the workplace versus actual harassment, which, is, which has been legislated and is illegal? Right, so yeah, as you point out, harassment is illegal. Harassment has a very specific legal definition. So as we know, um, you guys have been doing HR for a very long time, you know, harassment has to be based on a protected characteristic. So sex, race, gender, um, national origin, ethnicity, religion, one of the, your, your protected characteristics. Workplace bullying does not have to be, um, it can be the same type of conduct, the same type of behavior, but it's not necessarily based on a protected characteristic. It can just be because I don't like you, or I sense that you're weak and I'm gonna take advantage of you. It could be for any particular reason. But again, it doesn't have to be based on a protected characteristic such as harassment. Harassment has to be based on these protected characteristics. And I think that's important. And I know um, we're talking about the prevalence of workplace bullying and I'm always thinking about pop culture and how life imitates art and art imitates life. And I know we've mentioned it before on this show, um, the classic Dolly Parton movie, Working 9 to 5. Mm -hmm. um, now here's a movie that's like 30, 40 years old and it's women struggling with a boss who's a bully and who's a jerk. And mm -hmm. if it's perfect enough to have made... Um, you know, the cinema, uh, we can, we can expect that this is a regular occurrence in the workplace. So what can employers do to reduce or stop workplace bullying? So I, I want to actually go back just a second, if we could, uh, to something I think you just pointed out, which is really an, an important point, which is um, the breakdown of who bullies are by gender. Um, it's very interesting. Um, you know, about 67%, between 60 and 70% of workplace bullies are men, um, but interestingly, another like 30 to 40% are women. And what is really interesting, um, I think about this, and, and it's an important point for me, because I am a big believer in women supporting women, is that the majority of the victims of women bullies are other women. And I just want to wow. point that out. Yeah, I think that's a really, that's a, to me, a very sad statistic. And I, mm -hmm. I find that personally very disappointing. Um, and again, I just, because I'm a big believer in women supporting women. And so I just wanted to point that out because I think it's, um, again, a very sad statistic. But to your question about what employers can do, um, you know, I think no, first and foremost, I, I'll break it down to about three, I think there's three main buckets of things they can do. But first and foremost, have managers and supervisors who set a good example, who, you know, not only talk the talk, they walk the walk. They treat their people that they, they report to them that they, and that they work with their colleagues respectfully, that they, you know, create a culture of inclusivity of, um, you know, making sure everybody who, uh, that they work with, whether it's a colleague, whether it's uh, someone who reports to them or somebody who they report to, they treat those people respectfully, they use good word choices, they use good tone. Um, so setting a good example is first and foremost. I think the second thing is putting into place mechanisms 
um, to deal with bullying so that the people who you see it are the victims of it, um, are aware of it, they know what to do um, in terms of having a good complaint procedure, uh, you know, good reporting mechanisms, um, you know, your complaint procedure, much like your harassment complaint procedure. And it, they can be one and part of the same. Um, you can use the same type of complaint procedure um, or the, the exact same complaint procedure as you would with your harassment. Uh, but, you know, where there are multiple avenues for reporting, there has to be um, mechanisms for quick and prompt response uh, and effective responses to stop it. Um, and of course, it should include uh, discipline up to including termination to show that we do uh, want to have a bullying-free workplace. And then finally, I think you really need to have in place some mechanisms for helping employees who feel bullied. Not just, and I'm not just talking about the reporting, like, oh, you can make a complaint, we're gonna stop it, but things like an EAP program um, or well-trained human resource officers who can talk to those folks. Um, bullying does have an enormous psychological and emotional impact on the victims. And so I think an, a good employer needs to have in place mechanisms such as an EAP, um, again, well-trained human resource officers, who can help that person um, in the workplace and help them deal with uh, what's being happened, what's happening to them. Uh, you made me just think of two things while you were talking here. One, we're talking about women supporting other women. I'm remembering the famous, famous quote from Madeleine Albright, which I couldn't agree with more. There's a special place in hell for women who don't support other women. Um, truer words were never spoken. And something I'm working on um, in the workplace where I'm at is um, creating a specific channel for investigations, creating um, an area where complaints can be um, delivered, they can be determined to be valid or invalid, and then can go through the proper channels of investigation. And, and of course, we would uh, entertain any sorts of complaints about bullying, validate those, and if they were determined to be valid, to go ahead and investigate that. So um, should, should employers have a solid policy against bullying in the workplace? And if so, what should that policy contain? So that's a great question. And I, I do think that um, employers should have a workplace bullying policy apart from their harassment policy. You know, harassment, um, and I, I talk about this a lot in my training, as I'm sure you've heard me say it a zillion times, Megan. Um, you know, Megan, uh, harassment has to rise to a fairly significant level before mm -hmm. it's illegal. And again, it has to be based on a protected characteristic. But we are talking about some of the same types of behaviors. Um, you know, behaviors that make people feel mistreated in the workplace. And so I do think a good policy that clearly states um, that we don't, you know, tolerate this type of behavior uh, that, so I think first and foremost, it should have a clear definition of what bullying is, um, mm -hmm. including examples of the type of behavior we're talking about. And again, you know, we think about the old um, you know, the, you have this great big person screaming at the little person. Well, yes, verbal abuse can be bullying, but it can be more subtle. So I think there should be examples about what, what is bullying and a very clear definition of this is what the type of behavior we're talking about and we do not tolerate it. I think it should have an accessible complaint procedure, again, with multiple avenues of reporting. You can report it to your supervisor, you can report it to HR, you can report it to, you might have a, I know some of my clients use some type of third party reporting line but I think there should have uh, be a good reporting procedure. Um, and I'd be interested in hearing more about your procedure you're working on, Megan. And then I think yeah. finally, yeah, I'm sorry. 
And then finally, there should be clear consequences for the people who engage in bullying. Um, I think it has to be, you know, up to an dis progressive discipline, up to and including termination for engaging in this type of behavior, um, you know, and, and people need to be written up and it needs to be taken seriously. So yes, I think you should have a good solid policy. It should have all those, those components. And again, I can't stress this enough. There should be resources out there for any of your employees who feel that they have been the victims of this type of behavior, you know, whether it's an EAP or at least having somebody to talk to, referrals. Um, because again, um, time and time again, the studies and polls have shown the em enormous emotional and mental um, toll this takes on the victims. Amy, you mentioned a couple times the, that bullying can be a subtle situation, not just somebody, you know, yelling and screaming at you, kind of what we would typically picture bullying to be. Can you provide maybe an example or two of what a subtle type of bullying might look like? Absolutely. In fact, I, I hate to say it, but I experienced this many, many years ago at a previous employer um, firm that I worked at. I had a partner that I worked with who liked to withhold key facts about a case we were working on together uh, from you. And then when you would give her the, um, the results of your research or your recommendations or advice, she'd say, well, you did not consider you know, X, Y, and Z, and then bring out those, those little specific things that you did, she didn't tell you about, and then make you feel stupid and look dumb for not knowing them. And this is kind of a, a little like pervasive way of undermining somebody's confidence and making them look bad in front of their colleagues. And so that's what I'm talking about, like these kind of little subtle things. You'll see it sometimes where, you know, somebody's not copied on an email or they don't receive a copy of a memo so that then they show up to a meeting and they, they're uninformed. Um, just these kind of little, you know, things that happen. I, and so, you know, when I do this kind of workplace civility training, we even talk about how sometimes this can start out as like, re I mean, really subtle things, like just not responding to an email fast enough or not responding at all. And, you know, consistently over time or, and I know this is a, for some reason, this one always pushes people, people's buttons, not filling, filling copying paper or the printer paper um, over time doing it so that, you know, like this particular person is going to be affected by it. These things just start to like snowball out of control until they become, you know, the abuse that we think about with, you know, screaming, yelling, uh, verbal abuse, et cetera. But these little tiny kind of incivilities uh, all kind of just, you know, you do a little, uh, you know, a little of them become commonplace and then they just kind of escalate into these behaviors. So that's, that's a good example of one that I personally experienced. Um, you know, just these things that make you feel that, that tamp down your morale, you know, undermine your confidence and make you not feel good in the workplace. Wow. Yeah. Those are great examples. Thanks, Amy. Um, so as, as I'm going through this and I certainly don't want to get into the psychology of what makes a bully a bully, cause I don't think any of us could really get into that with uh, any expertise, but I'm thinking a little bit about what's just transpired over the last, you know, 18 or actually longer than that now, almost two years that we've been dealing with COVID and isolation. Um, and just sort of this observation that people seem to just be on edge a lot more, um, than they were prior to COVID, uh, probably for a variety of reasons. And you're hearing more and more news stories where people are um, reacting on airplanes and, and just doing really interesting, foolish behavior that you didn't really hear about prior to COVID. So I'm wondering if, you, um, if you've seen or if you expect to see sort of more of these situations of bullying in the workplace where someone is struggling to just 
deal with the stressors of life and they're taking it out on people at work? So that's, you know, that's a really interesting question. Um, you know, I was doing a little bit of research before we got on today just to kind of make sure I, you know, knew the latest and greatest. And what was interesting is I think I mentioned the Workplace Bullying Institute and they do studies every year and they just completed their study. And if anybody hasn't checked out their website, they do have that study. It's available online. You can look at it and they have PowerPoints, et cetera. But what was so interesting was this rise in remote bullying. And so they said that, so I think we talked about like 30 to 30%, 35%, you know, traditionally that's kind of the reporting. They're showing remote bullying, like 40, over 40%, 45% of people felt that they were remotely bullied. And it's coming out in a variety of different ways, um, like 35% in group virtual meetings. So your Zooms, your um, WebExes or whatnot, this is coming out. Um, we see it in, uh, in emails and uh, through uh, other different channels telephonically. So yeah, this kind of rise in remote bullying. And I think, you know, we talk a lot about social media and how people feel really comfortable saying things on social media that they would never say to somebody's face. Um, and I think a little bit of that is coming out in this kind of remote bullying. So yeah, um, the pandemic has, has kind of prompted this rise in different types of bullying and kind of, you know, I think emboldened some people maybe to act in ways that they wouldn't normally, you know, they wouldn't in a face-to-face -face meeting say something to somebody, but they have no problem saying it over a Zoom or in an email or other type of um, communication. I think the other thing that is so important that we really need to think about is one of the main aggravators um, of workplace bullying is stressful working conditions. And I think I speak for all of us when I say the last 18 months have been some of the most stressful we've probably experienced in our, our mm -hmm. work, work lives. Absolutely. And, you know, long hours, people are burned out. They are tired. They're working now. I know for my personal self, and I'm not complaining. I love my job. I love my firm. I love working for, you know, the, the people I work with, but I kind of roll out of bed, roll into my office. And then all of a sudden it's nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, where did the day go? Um, right. And kind of that, that ability to separate yourself from the workplace. So I think, you know, if I could say something to employers would be to just be mindful of these things, be mindful of your employees working nonstop, be mindful of, you know, the fact that they might need some time off. I know I've read about, you know, some workplaces actually like f almost forcing people to take time off, forcing them to take vacation, giving them incentives for using their PTO mm -hmm. to, you know, to refresh, relax, you know, recoup um, themselves and, and take, you know, I mean, we hear a lot about self-care, um, but it, you know, it's a real thing. And, you know, to make sure people are taking care of themselves, sending massage gift certificates, things of that nature, you know, just encouraging people to take care of themselves, whether it's a, a yoga class, meditation, um, seeing a therapist, um, mm -hmm. taking a vacation, taking it's just a day off. Mm -hmm. um, but these, all these things, I think, have kind of snowballed um, into a kind of a perfect storm of these very stressful um, working conditions. So, yeah, I, I, I think the pandemic has kind of forever changed our workplaces. And, you know, I think we need to look for ways to make sure that we are adapting to kind of remove some of these stressors and these aggravators. Amy, you sound like you're doing an infomercial for our, um, <laughs> our 
training conference that's coming up because uh, we agree with you. And we also know that a lot of the stress has um, fallen on the shoulders of HR professionals, Mm -hmm. you know, come up with a remote workplace plan, come up with a vaccination plan, come up with, um, you know, a COVID sick use policy, um, you know, risk mitigation plans or yeah. Right. Understand the the gloves and the masks. Yeah. Order the, order the PPE, understand FICRA. Okay. Now it's ARPA. Um, so (laughs) everyone's, you know, had to, had to pivot and adjust throughout this whole time. One thing that I want, that I thought, um, we might want to touch on. I know ever since the heartbreaking events that unfolded at Henry Pratt in Aurora a few years ago, everyone's been very keen on having workplace violence policies. And yes, absolutely. We don't tolerate violence in the workplace and violence is wrong, but bullying can clearly give rise to violence. What would you say to how, how we could tie a bullying, anti-bullying, anti-harassment, tie that all into a violence in the workplace policy, or should it be addressed in the same policy? Well, that's, uh, I, I would definitely like to hear your thoughts on this as well. Um, but I personally feel as though they should be two separate policies. And the reason being is that I don't want to give employees the idea that something has to be so bad that it has Mm -hmm. to be so you know extreme as violence as yeah as violence to be workplace bullying as I mentioned workplace bullying can be very subtle and yes we should definitely Mm -hmm. have a you know workplace violence policy it's absolutely zero tolerance but this other type of bullying that is not so extreme should be part of a workplace bullying policy and I think they should be separate um and maybe they can be tied together, but they certainly should make it clear, again, a clear definition of what bullying is. And it doesn't have to be violence. It doesn't have to be that abusive to be not acceptable in the workplace. And I, again, I would welcome your thoughts. Uh, well, I do agree with you. And I think when I counsel other managers in different departments, um, you know, on how to create expectations and get employees to work in the capacity and manner that you um, see fit, that it goes beyond just the policies that are in your handbook. I always encourage departments to have department expectations. I know a lot of us that work in local government are members of the Illinois City County Management Association, and, and many of us sign the ethics pledge that we agree to subscribe to the ethics prescribed through this professional society. And I like to take it one step further. I always post in my department, um, the HR department expectations. This is what I expect of you. Kindness always, um, exercise empathy, be consistent, show compassion. Um, And then I have examples of how to do that and tips to succeed. And that also ties into when we're measuring performance. If someone Mm -hmm. wants to know, well, how can I go above and beyond? You can always do better in these areas. So that's what I'm looking for. So I Mm -hmm. think, yeah, I think absolutely creating a separate policy or creating different expectations and different tolerance levels. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's something that we can absolutely do. So Amy, for our listeners that are um, hopefully thinking we don't have workplace bullying, but maybe we do and I don't know about it, or maybe there's ways to look at how to prevent these types of situations from happening. What what do you recommend from a proactive standpoint employers can be doing to get the word out about this is something that we take seriously and um, is not tolerated? And what does this actually mean? And how can you be aware of whether you're potentially engaging in this type of bullying activity or seeing it happening and not saying something. 
Well, I just, I do want to say, I love the idea of like a code of conduct or a code of ethics, um, kind of setting forth expectations proactively. This is what we, rather than don't do this, don't do this. This is what we expect. We expect you to treat people respectfully. And, and we actually do expect it. We expect you to, you know, treat people with professionalism, with kindness, with empathy. I think empathy cannot be overstated. Um, so I, I do like that kind of proactive um, approach to it. And then the other thing I think too is, training. I know we do our anti-harassment training. Um, you know, we, we're required every year to do our anti-harassment training. When I do my anti-harassment training, I have a whole section on workplace bullying. That's a sec separate section I have at the end. And I talk about this behavior and specifically because some of these behaviors do tie together, right? But again, workplace bullying is not based on a protected characteristic, but it's, you know, if they're kind of, they come from some of the same behaviors. Um, so I do recommend some type of workplace bullying training as part of maybe as part of your anti-harassment training. And again, I also do a workplace civility training, which might not necessarily be a bullying situation. It's just, hey, this is we expect you to be civil in the workplace. And unfortunately, workplace incivility has been pretty rampant in recent years. And, you know, I think just reminding your employees of what's expected of them educating them on how to, to spot these behaviors and educating them on how these behaviors can manifest themselves. Because again, some of these things are very, you know, um, very subtle and sometimes come out in ways that people don't even, so I had a, I'm just gonna, I have a partner who he, he doesn't know, like he's not that well, um, well versed with email. And so he uses a lot of all caps. And as we all know, when you, you type in all caps, uh, it usually means you're yelling at somebody. Um, so simply, you know, educating people on what, you know, what these things mean and how to better address situations, how to better use technology. Um, sometimes again, we can kind of ward off those types of miscommunications, those types of making people feel bad for something that maybe was not intentional. So just being able to spot behaviors and address them. And again, I do like the idea of a code of conduct or setting a positive example. And I, I couldn't agree with you more with um, communication and email etiquette, especially in a workplace um, working remote. I got an email this weekend, uh, probably not intended to be as directed it was, but if this person had maybe added a please or thank you, I probably wouldn't have as much animosity as I'm feeling right now based on the lack of, of having that in the email. <laughs> um, Amy, uh, there's so much more for us to talk about, uh, but we are unfortunately out of time for our show today. I want to thank you so much for giving us your time and joining us today and for all of your expertise. And if any of our listeners want to get in touch with you, or if they'd like more information on this topic, how can you be reached? Sure. Well, first of all, let me just say quickly, thank you for having me here. I really enjoyed talking with you this morning. I can be reached. My phone number is 312 282 4646. Uh, you can reach me by phone or text, and you can reach me by email at amy, A-M-Y, dot Gaylord, G-A-Y-L-O-R-D, at Ackerman, A-K-E-R-M-A-N, dot com. Perfect. Thank you so much. And listeners, if you have anything you want to say, you know that we're listening. We're always here. Send us a recorded voice message we can play on the show or join us for a future podcast. Connect with us through the website at www.ipelra and of course on Twitter at I-P-E-L-R-A. Support IPELRA by becoming a member. Join a committee. Come to our conference. Um, we're dedicated to providing training and resources to HR and labor professionals and local government. 
join us later next month when we have Carrie Lynn Krafthoffer from Ansel Glink talking about COVID workplace issues. And finally, Lee Jeter from Michael Best and Friedrich talking about scandal in the workplace. I'm Megan Falera. And I'm Christina White. And our executive producer is Kay Argo. This has been Real Time with IPELRA. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you.